Personal accountability. In the United States, we're dealing now with a lot of anti-Semitic issues going on all over the world. In the United States, there's a principle in the law that you can't punish people for thoughts. You can't punish people for beliefs. A person's allowed to believe what they want. A person's allowed to think what they want. The question is, what about speech? So the uh, American Constitution holds that puts speech in the realm of, of a thought, of a belief, of an idea. And people are free to express whatever ideas they want. And therefore, speech is not punishable. Even hate speech is not punishable in the, in the United States. All that can happen is when a thought, a belief or speech is translated into an action, then you can add on the hate element and you can give a much tougher punishment because the, the deed was, was motivated by hate. But so long as the hate remains in the realm of speech and has no physical consequence, the courts can't punish. And in a sense, there's a halakhic basis for that as well, because Losh and Hora, there's no, there's no punishment for in a based in. It's back to what we discussed yesterday, that uh, the idea of Groma, that a human court can only punish for a physical, tangible action. The Ribbonishim can punish for a, for a thought. The Ribbonishim can punish for a, a belief for it. For speech and speech is considered a love she'en bo ma'aseh. So in the Torah system that we discussed yesterday, where we have accountability to a higher authority, we can say, yes, Loshon Hora is a love she'en bo ma'aseh, which means you can't give him malkot, you can't try him in a court of law, but he's accountable to Hashem and Hashem holds him accountable. That doesn't change. There are certain restrictions on what a human court can judge, but those restrictions don't inhibit the Rebona Shalom's capacity to judge, of course. Whereas in the secular system, if the court of law doesn't require it, then all you're left for to is your own moral conscience, that it's not a good thing to do. We discussed moral conscience yesterday. So I want to go further today in this idea of, of a thought, of an idea. At what point does Hashem step in when it comes to thoughts and ideas? We have some beautiful and fascinating ideas today. So in, in our Gemara, we're still talking about the idea of grama, of indirect damage. And we're talking specifically about the case of Hasocher Edei Sheker, where Reuven and Shimon are having a litigation. Reuven is claiming money from Shimon. I know that Reuven is not telling the truth. I hire witnesses to support Reuven for whatever reason. So the false witnesses come, I pay for them, I hire them to support Reuven. Ruven lands up extracting money from Shimon un unjustifiably because of the witnesses that I hired. So the, the din is I'm Potter as the hirer of the witnesses. I'm Potter because that's Groma. The, the witnesses are Chayev themselves. Says Tosfis, V'davke, this applies Davke Socher, Aval Amar Potur Medina Shamaim, the Sovashulo Yishmuulo. This din is specific. Tosfus goes through and says that in, in the case of Seicher, there's a chiyuv of Dine Shemayim. Hashem holds him liable. But he says, if he spoke to him, if he didn't actually pay the witnesses, so I go to the witnesses and I say, my friend Ruvain is claiming money from Shimon. I know that it's not such a good claim, but please do me a favor, go and support Ruvain in court. And they do. They go and support Ruvain in court with false evidence. In that case, says Tosfus, not even Dinesh Shemayim. I'm free completely. The Bereshim doesn't hold me accountable at all. Where does Tosfus prove it from? He proves it from the case of sending a torch, a burning torch in the hands of a, another person who goes and lights the fire of the neighbor's field. 
And it seems there, if I sent it in the hands of a mentally incompetent person, then I, the sender, am responsible. But if I sent it in, in the hands of a competent person, the competent person was free to refuse to do it. And therefore, I'm not chayv. The chayv, the obligation, transfers to the shaliach, to the agent, because the agent is a free man to make his own moral decisions. And, they, and we say, en shaliach ledvar avera, implying in that sistosis, there's not even a chayv of dinah shemaim. Even Hashem doesn't hold me accountable. And the Shulchan Aruch paskins that way, as we saw yesterday, and the, the Ramos says in the Shulchan Aruch, v'chein im lo sachar ela pita otan bidvarim, and so if he doesn't pay them, but he persuades them to give false evidence, the, sen- the, the payer, the, the, the initiator of this false evidence is Potter even Medina Shamayim. He doesn't even have to, he's not even accountable to a higher authority for that. He's free completely. Is how the Shulchan Aruch Paschans. Says the Ritvo, no, Tosfus, you can't bring a proof from the case of the sending the fire in the hands of, the, of another person and he goes and lights it. Why? He says, There the reason that he's free is because the agent pays for the damage. So once the agent pays, again, I send fire in the hands of Reuven. Reuven goes and lights the field of my neighbor. And I imply that's exactly what I want him to do. Who is responsible? Legally and morally, the shaliach is responsible because he made up his own decision. And even Medina Shemayim, the sender is not responsible because money was claimed from the shaliach. Everything's now sorted out. So there was $100,000 of damage. The person who's damaged goes to the shaliach who lit the fire and he claims the $100,000. So now as the shaliach, I'm free, says the ritvo. But in the case of hiring the false witness, where nobody has yet paid for the damage, we're talking in a case, Tosfus said, says where the witnesses have gone overseas and the, nizak, the, the person who gave the false evidence, they, they've, they've all disappeared. There's nobody to claim from except the person who paid the witnesses. There, of course, even in the case of Dine, Yuchayev, even Medina Shemayim, and all of these four cases that we've been dealing with with Groma, if the physical payment has not been made, if the Nizak is out of pocket, then there is Dine Shemayim. Even though a court of law can't enforce the payment, Shemayim doesn't enforce the, the payment. That's how, that's how the Ritva understands the Gemara, and, and would appear to be disagreeing with Tosfus. And the Shach on the Shulchan Aruch brings the Ritva, asks on Tosfus, and says it doesn't seem to make any sense. <speaking in Hebrew> says the Shach, <speaking in Hebrew> This that Tosfus says, and there are more Paskins Lahalacha, that if I didn't pay the witnesses, I merely enticed them to go and give evidence, that I will be patur, I will be released even from moral obligation from Shamayim, says the, the Shach, I don't agree with that, based on the Ritva, I believe that in any case where somebody has caused damage to his friend, whether it's, he's done it by paying them or he's done it by seducing them and, and persuading them, it doesn't make a difference. In all cases, Medina Shamayim, when it comes to heavenly responsibilities, accountability to Hashem, he is fully accountable. That's how the, the Shach con- concludes. The Shach then goes on with an, a, an amazing 
discussion. It's in the Hagos Hashach. The Hagos Hashach is they found in the Shachs after he'd finished his Sefer, he'd written the Shach and Shulchan Aruch, he then made notes on the margins of his notes and they have been included in the published Shach that we have. So that's what, the, what we've just learned is what the Shach says. In reviewing his notes, the Shach writes, it's a little bit around like we had yesterday, Mechabe reviews and he goes over and over. Now he goes over and he realizes, I don't think I was right. In a sense, I think Tosfus is right after all. And he brings a proof of Tos, the following proof of Tosfus. He says, at the end of the day, where did we learn from? We had this a little, uh, only a few days ago. If a mesit and mediach, if somebody entices another person to do avoid zora, we don't try and get him off and say, we don't, we don't argue, we don't, say, we don't say anything. And we learn that from the nachash. And you'll remember when we had the, the matmonim on that, when we discussed it, we said, that, that a human being is very taken, a Jew is very taken by an idea. And if a mesit, a person who is enticing one to serve idolatry, presents an intellectual argument, a Jewish person goes along with that. He, he buys into it. It's not just that I'm telling you, do an Avera. What a mesit does is he says, I'll prove to you it's not an Avera. This is something right. This, which the Torah said, that you shouldn't serve idolatry. That's in the old days, but nowadays, this, that. The, he uses an intellectual argument, and that's, that's why, we, as we learned it. Where do we learn it all from? From the snake. The snake could have defended himself. He just, he just folds up. Hashem accuses him, and he just says guilty. He pleads guilty. He didn't have to plead guilty. He could have claimed all sorts of things. And one of them, as we'll see, he could have claimed, yes, I told Chava to eat from the tree. Why didn't she say, no, Hashem told me not to eat from the tree? It was her responsibility to say that. But we don't claim that. We don't say, the Bonisham goes for the snake. Why didn't Hashem claim that for him? Because he didn't claim it. And you see from there that we don't step in to try and defend a Mesit and Mediach. An ordinary person is accused of something. We'll try and find all sorts of defenses for him. But if somebody is persuading somebody to another person to serve idolatry, we, we won't step in to try and defend him. What should he have said? He should have said, Chava should have said, I listen to God, I'm accountable to God, not to you, I won't do it. That's also the reason for that if somebody tells you to do wrong, you're responsible to make your own decision. What are we talking about there? Are we talking about a human court of law or a godly court of law? It's Hashem talking to the snake. So it's a godly court of law and we're saying he could have said and then he would have been off. Off from what? Or from Dine Adam, or from a human court. This isn't a human court. This is Shemaim. So you see from there, says the Shach, that when, a, when you can claim, when you can claim, this person shouldn't have listened to me, you are free even from Dine Shemaim. And therefore, says the Shach himself, as he comes to a conclusion, Tosfus is right after all, that when you say, there is no accountability even, even from Shemaim. Says the Ketos remember we touched on it yesterday, you're all getting confused here. They're two different things. And if you just separate them out, everything becomes very clear. What do we mean by Chayev B'dinei Shemayim? Do we need Hashem, do we mean Hashem holds you responsible to repay the damages? Even though a court of law can't enforce it, 
Hashem holds you responsible, and until you re- repay the damages, as the Ritvo himself says, until you repay the damages, that obligation sits over you. Hashem's re- requirement that you pay it. Now, the court of law doesn't enforce it. Yeah, there are many things that a court of law cannot enforce, but Hashem does enforce and will hold you accountable until it's paid. Once it's paid, you're no longer accountable. That's how... That's the one thing. The other thing, says the Tzachoshin, is Hashem punishes you for this evil thing that you tried to do. You tried to set your friend's field alight and you did it on an indirect way so that you should be part of it. That's a terrible thing. Hashem holds you responsible and will punish for that. Says the Tzachoshin, even in cases where there is no obligation to pay, where the Bezdin cannot enforce payment, even in cases where Hashem no longer enforces payment, but punishment for, for, the evil, for this evil idea, that Hashem punishes for. And so you've got to separate it out. When we say that is not chayiv, even bedine shamayim, you've got to check. Does that mean you're not chayiv to pay bedine shamayim, that, that Hashem doesn't require you to make payment? Or is it that Hashem doesn't hold you morally accountable? Those are two different things and you need to separate them out. One thing that is clear from all of this is that the whole issue of whether Hashem will punish you for your bad thoughts is only if your thoughts are implemented. It's quite clear, even in the Ktesachoshin's own words at the end here, he says, Ve'ilu onesh, vaday itle. Certainly you're going to be punished. Afilu begoreim de goreim. Even if you caused a cause, that's how indirect it is. But you were there. Without you, it would never have happened. Hashem will hold you responsible even though a court of law can't. And that's obvious, says the Ktesach Hashem. But you're talking about Gurim de Gurim, you actually caused damage. So what about a situation where you didn't cause damage? You talked hate speech, but nothing happened. Nobody got hurt as a result of that. Leaving aside the Torah perspective that, that speech is an Avera. It's not it's an alav she'in bomase. It's not an active avera which can be punished by a court of law, but it is an avera. But if you take Hashem out of the picture, so to say, then you're left with speech being a thought, a thought idea. And then the Americans are right and say you can't punish for thought and you can't puni- you can't punish for speech. One thing we see all the way through that just for the thought Hashem doesn't punish. It's only when the thought is acted upon. Whether directly or indirectly, that's what the Tzitzachoshin says. Even if it's acted upon indirectly, you will still be responsible in Dine Shemayim. You'll be punished because you triggered it off and with, with bad intent. And then that could be even the Ritvo. So when the Ritvo says, for example, that it depends. If, if payment has been made, then Hashem withdraws the obligation. That could be not just does Hashem withdraw the obligation to pay. Hashem also withdraws the moral obligation because there's no injustice anymore. The injustice has been rectified. So all you're left with is bad intent. For bad intent, Hashem doesn't punish. And why not? Because if Hashem would punish for bad intent, there would be a flaw in the whole system. What's the flaw in the system? The Chovis Halvovis, we talked about it in the Medrashir on Shabbat. The Chovis Halvovis says one of the ways that you know that you have mastered the Midah of Kniya, of surrendering to Hashem, is when somebody is insulting you and at the moment of insult, you have Hayacholet Lehinakem. You have the ability to take action. You have the ability to hurt the other person. And you hold back. That's a case of Moshel Berucho. That's a person mastering his impulse. So now what happens? You've got an impulse to talk Loshon Hora. And you hold back. The Chofetz Chaim says that's an incredibly high madrega. Much higher than somebody who didn't have the impulse altogether. 
Now, if Hashem would punish for thoughts, what would happen? I have an impulse to talk Lashon Hara. I hold back. Hashem says, yes, but you thought about it. See, Hashem understands. The Torah understands. You can't really be held responsible for your thoughts. Yes, it's a very high level to get to where even your thoughts are under your control. And you can manage what you think and you can manage what you feel. But for the society in general, you can't hold people responsible for a thought, for a passion, for a feeling, for an emotion. And if a person has such a feeling to do something wrong and holds back, that's a much higher level. There you're acting against gravity that's working out in, in the moral gym. Because gravity is pulling you to do something, you're resisting that pull, you're building moral muscle. That's how you build moral muscle, by, being, by holding back from a lot of us and not doing things which you want to do, but the Torah says you can't do. Like Yosef with Aishas Potiphar. He had the ability to do it, he had the desire to do it, he had the moral argument as to why it was the right thing to do. Everything was there. And he holds back by Imayin and he says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's developing that muscle of resistance to desire and impulse, that's one of the highest levels. If the Rebunisham would punish for thought, that wouldn't be one of the highest levels. So clearly, if the thought is not acted upon, the Rebunisham doesn't, doesn't punish us for the, for the thought. There are differences, particular areas of, of Arayas, and particular areas of Avedizora, where the thought itself is an Avera. But in all other cases, the thought is not an Avera until acted upon. If acted upon, says the Tzosachoshin, no matter how indirect the action and how, how indirect the consequence, you are held responsible to pay if necessary, if nobody else pays. And even if somebody else does pay, you're held responsible for that which was, which was done wrong. And there we get some kind of understanding of the way we deal with in halakha, not only in terms of a court of law, but also from the perspective of Hashem's based in with intention, indirect damage and direct damage. <laughs>